What's going on guys and welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Um, I'm back from Ibiza, I survived it. Um, I've been a little bit missing on the podcast just for, for a few various reasons to be honest. Like one, obviously Ibiza, recovery, all that kind of stuff. Um, and two, I've been going through my own demons at the moment. I've been, I've been figuring out what the fuck is going on in my life and and obviously with the big question over hanging over my head about the whole i'm going to take start taking steroids um for those of you guys that didn't didn't see i put out a video onto my youtube channel maybe week 10 days ago um and it was just essentially assessing my decision to take steroids weighing up the pros weighing up the cons not necessarily making a decision but just putting it out there on a video um, for one, I wanted to just speak what I said and so I could listen to it back. And for two, like as much as people will say, don't listen to other people's opinions when you're making big decisions like this, I, I agree. Like I'm going to make the decision for myself, but what actually helped so much by putting this video out on the internet was gathering opinions that I just did not even think about gathering, um, sides of the story that I didn't think about. For example, um, I went, in my head, I went over every single pro, every single con, and and I didn't think about um, even thinking about the future. I literally did that didn't even come into my head. Someone messaged me, one of my close friends, um, one of my old close friends, should I say, we don't talk as much anymore. He messaged me and just said, I, I love the video, I love the honesty. I just wanted to say, think about the future. Think about when you don't want to bodybuild anymore. And, th- and, and for me, I wasn't even thinking about a world without bodybuilding, and I couldn't see a world without bodybuilding. And I might not see that right now, um, but that might be a case in the future. Um, I might, you know, might be here 10 years time, might not be doing the podcast, might still be doing the podcast and we could be having a different conversation. We could be talking about something completely different than, than the genre of bodybuilding. Um, and that's something I didn't even look to look towards. Um, people mentioning drug tests, at, at, um, maybe future jobs, you know, talking about this openly, I might not get certain jobs and that. And and I wasn't even thinking about that. Those weren't things that I was thinking about because I always thought I'd work for myself and all that. But that, I think that is something that I need to bring into consideration. And that was something that I need to bring into consideration. So essentially my point of this and my 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 lesson from this this little opener is talk because talking about things helps so much more. You if you hear from the right people, or don't get me wrong, you're gonna get those people that say or you're on steroids anyway, or or you're not doing this anyway, or you're doing that. You know, they're going to get those people who just give you throwaway comments, and you should do exactly that, throw them away. Um, but the people who care, the people who've clearly thought about their, their responses and their comments, like, take them on board, you know, and don't necessarily copy what other people are doing don't necessarily do it for those people but listening to the feedback and do it for yourself um by taking other people's opinions and applying it it does not mean you're doing it for them it means that you've heard the opinion um and now you're applying it to yourself and that and that's literally it um so that's kind of, that's really been the big thing in my head um because a big big fucking decision um and just it's given me a bit of anxiety and i'll be real with you guys my anxiety was really really bad and i and in ibiza um one like the anticipation of taking drugs yeah okay you get that that rave belly that they call it of course um but that just what what, what i'm going to talk to you guys on the real what went through my head was every single fucking night and i couldn't get out of my head was i'm going to go to bed late I'm going to have less sleep. I'm going to feel worse tomorrow. I've not eaten this many calories. I've done this many steps. I've not drunk as much water as normal. And that's all that was going on in my head every single fucking day. Like it just would go up and down, up and down. And I'd, I'd spend like, I'd have like an hour or two hours a day where I'd have just sheer anxiety, this pressure on my chest, this like restlessness, this lack of clarity, this like 
just unsettling feeling of anxiety. I had that so strong for like two of the day, or yeah, the first two days I was in Ibiza. And it was hard. Like, and, and all I kept thinking was taking a step backwards, taking a step backwards. But I knew I wasn't. I fucking knew I wasn't, which was the worst thing. Like, I feel like I understand and I understood what my anxiety is coming from and why I'm feeling like that. But I couldn't just get rid of it. Even though I knew that the four days off plan, I could have spent four days fasted. You know, I didn't, by the way. I could have done. Um, but I could have spent four days fasted and, and not gone to the gym. And I still would have rebounded in four days afterwards or five days afterwards, you know, and been back exactly where I was. So really, I'm just taking seven days out of progress, which is not really a big deal in the scheme of things. Um, I think when, like, I'm really fucking competitive and I know, and I just I couldn't have that feeling of standing on stage and being like, oh, that weekend, that beef, I don't know. But I just know that wouldn't be the case. I know that wouldn't be the case. But putting that pressure on yourself to adhere to ticking those fucking boxes that I talk about every single day, getting my steps, getting my sleep, recovering, making sure I train, making sure I get this done, making sure I get that done. Those things weren't getting done and I just kind of felt a bit lost. And I think it really showed me the importance of actually learning to detach when I'm going to detach because there's nothing, there's nothing, wor- like I was literally dancing around in amnesia at like 3 a.m thinking ah oh, it's three o'clock now i'm normally in bed by 10 you know <laughs> that's literally what went through my head at one point and i'm just like nah, fuck that come on let's dance um it was crazy it's it, it, it's crazy how like a little bit of well, i guess a little bit but how things like that can just unsettle you and unsettle your your whole way when you've been in routine for so long and i think that's some massive thing that was really affecting me um thank god for my beautiful girlfriend who just kind of who helps me so much in those situations more than she probably knows. Um, but it was really like we, we got through it and, and, and you know, she said the same things I was saying pretty much. Like I knew why I was, why it was happening. It's just about learning to detach. And I think learning anything comes with doing it more. Um, so obviously the first one was Prague. I was worried, like me and me and my girlfriend went to Prague. I was worried about losing weight. I lost weight. I stressed about losing weight. Um, then the second time I went away with my mum, I was a little bit better because I ate a bit more, um, but I still lost a little bit of weight. And then obviously Ibiza, um, I knew was going to be the more severe of all of them because I wasn't going to be eating as much um, and doing more steps as well, even more steps and not drinking as much, of course. Um, so yeah, that was probably, I <laughs> was probably the worst one of the three holidays that I've had in terms of anxiety falling off a plan. Um, but I think the more that you do it, the, the better it will become. And, and I think if I'm going to make bodybuilding my life, I'm going to be a pro and chase this dream. Like I need to be able to detach more than anyone. I need to be able to walk out that door and detach and just switch it off. Um, and when you're in that moment, you're in that moment. And when I'm bodybuilding, I'm bodybuilding. I think that becomes so much more important to me later on down the life. So I reckon you guys can take something from that for sure. Um, because I'm not fucking doing it yet. I'm not I'm not dealing with it yet, but I will do. Um, and I think it's going to come with time and practice because, you know, the only way you're going to deal with those times of anxiety is by getting those times of anxiety and learning to deal with them. You know, you're not going to learn how to deal with anxiety by not having anxiety. You know, like it's not just going to go one day. It's going to be a practice of having it more and more and more and more and dealing with it better and better and better each time you go. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to open up with like where I am in terms of like mentality, <laughs> not breaking down. Um, but we're all good. We're post Ibiza. Ibiza was magical, by the way. Um, but like anxiety aside, it was just a few hours a day. The rest of it, I was just like, this is a beautiful place. The scenery was fantastic. The company was amazing. We met the boy out there, TM Cycles, L, his girlfriend. 
um, his girlfriend, my girlfriend, they got on. Me and Elle have already, you know, met and we get on. Me and Tim Cycles get on. Amy and Tim Cycles get on. It's funny how I always call him Tim Cycles, even though his name's Tom. Um, but we had a great time. Like, we partied hard at Ants. We were flying around. We're hugging each other. We're kissing each other. You know how it is. Uh, those of you guys that didn't see the Snapchats, you missed out the Instagram story. Sorry. Um, it was it was really an amazing time. Um, and then we went to Elro. Elro, for you those guys that don't know, it's like this crazy, funky party. There's just like fucking balloons everywhere. There's blow up things. There's dress up people. People like eight foot tall walking through the crowd and dancing with masks on. It was an alien theme, spaceship theme. So you can imagine it was just crazy and just obviously feeling that type of way in Ibiza. You know, oh my God, it was it was incredible. However, I did chug water from Amnesia Toilet. So any of you guys going to Amnesia anytime, well, I think the season's closed next year, don't drink from Amnesia Toilets. They put salt water. They put salt in their water. And yeah, I threw up pretty projectilely. I, 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 the, way I, the way I pictured it was I chugged, basically what happened was is I chugged a whole bottle of water, 250 mil. They were really small bottles and they were only, they were 11 euros, by the way, which is why I was filling up from the tap. So I didn't want to fucking pay 11 euros for a bottle of water. So I filled up from the tap. I chugged one down. I thought, okay, I'll refill it. I did get a little bit of a weird taste, to be honest. I will be honest. And then I just didn't think anything of it, you know, and in that moment I was just gagging for a drink, walked back outside, um, and, and then like this was after Amy had already had, had already given me a sip of some water and I went oh that's a bit weird it tastes a bit salty and anyway I realised I slowly realised oh fuck that's salt water so after I've chugged it I'm picturing James Bond running out of Casino Royale grabbing that salt when he's been poisoned and pouring it into that water and chugging it down and then throwing up to try to get the poison out that's all I'm thinking about and then 10 minutes later I just projectile everywhere <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got TM Cycles his girlfriend and Amy just staring at me like you alright and I'm just puking my brains out I actually felt alright at the time like I wasn't like I hadn't done like too many drugs or anything like I was actually pretty fine I was I was pretty damn fine and I was probably gonna go like you know take it up a notch after that but I just threw up everywhere and I had to leave really <laughs> one I felt pretty ashamed and two I didn't want to throw up again everywhere so other than that it was absolutely fantastic um the weather was intermittent but but pretty damn nice and then yeah like I came back a couple couple kilos less um I think I was like 102.5.6 before I left and I came back like 100.5 ish um I came back a little bit lower, but like after one day of eating, I just came straight back up, filled up. And now sitting here, Tuesday, 16th October, I'm back to my normal weight. I feel full as fuck. I feel great. My digestion's pretty good. My hunger's pretty good. Um, and all round feeling pretty good. And, and next week is the week. Um, I'm going to go see my coach and we're going to go through everything steroids. We're going to talk injections. We're going to talk rotating sites. We're going to talk about how much I should be injecting, when I should be injecting, what to do with any side effects, what to do with any injection problems, how to sterilize everything and how to do it, how to draw, how to pin, how to do it all. And it's, and it's going to happen guys next week. Um, it's the day, which is going to be crazy. I've, I've, I've put the pressure on myself all of these years to not take steroids because I, I knew about the natural limit and I knew about setting foundations and it's the best thing I ever did I'm in the perfect position to do so I'm in the height of an off season metabolism is firing body fat's not stupid um, it's definitely high but it's definitely not stupid strength is at an all-time high sleep is incredible you know everything everything 
gives me the signs to say let's fucking do this because my gold has been a little bit lost um in terms of where i should compete the goal has always been ifbb pro the goal has always been to be at the olympia um and realistically speaking i could have done that naturally last year um if that was this year or, or the next year if i could still get the pro card via the same route that it was last year um naturally then i probably would have stayed natural but i can't so that's not what's going to happen you know essentially if i did do it naturally i would have been getting on then to get to the olympia um and that's that's just the reality of it really so that's why i just went that's why i'm just going to go for it because it's just a necessity for those of you guys that don't know um the ifpb pro card used to be of uk bff their criteria was that you had to be smaller like almost attainable for me like probably what i would be on stage now if i did if i competed naturally um so that was really motivating knowing that i could probably do that naturally and i could keep that was something that i could really aim for to keep myself natural um however if this had come earlier who knows what i would have been doing a couple of years ago maybe i would have started a little bit earlier um but for those of you guys that don't know the the IFPB Pro God got stripped from UKBFF and, and a new federation came to Bros Pro and now they are the only link to IFPB Pro card. Um, and the criteria is you need to be a pro to be a pro. And that makes sense. Like that makes perfect sense. And that should have been the case from the start, but it wasn't, you know, it doesn't really make it like it's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, now I need to be of pro standard. So if I want to be a pro standard, I need to do what the pros are doing and, and, and that's what they're doing. I feel like I can work as hard. I feel like I can train as smart. I feel like I can eat as well. I feel like I can sleep as good. I feel like I've got the structure. I feel like I've got uh, the midsection, the, you know, the taper. I feel like I've got the muscle bellies. Um, I feel like I can do it. And that's why, that's why this decision is being made. That's why this is going to be happening in the next week or so, which is just sort of crazy to say after all of these years. Um, but I do feel relieved that the decision has been made. I, I don't think I'm going to feel fully relieved until I start and I can just, that's it. It's done. I'm no longer natural. I'm pursuing this other dream, but right now, you know, that in between that limbo of like waiting to start and make, and have made that decision is a little bit head fucky. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit like, I just wanted to go now, you know, and I was supposed to meet my, my coach this weekend. Um, but he's super busy. Like he's, he's fucking seminars every single weekend and this and this and this. So we had to reschedule. And even that I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to wait another week. I've got to wait another week. But it's so key to, to, to check yourself in those situations. Um, which is actually what I wanted to talk about, um, as like a, focal point in the, in this in this podcast was checking yourself and i had to sit back look at the scheme of things i've been bodybuilding for six years what's why, why does it matter if i wait another week to start this it doesn't like i've been i've put this off for five years i can put this off another week um so the idea and the concept of checking yourself has been something that i've 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 I heard probably maybe a year ago listening to the podcast Mind Pump. If any of you guys know them, you know they're absolutely great. Um, if if not, I, I urge you to go over to Mind Pump, uh, Mind Pump Radio, and it's a fucking it's a really really good podcast. They talk about health first and foremost, which is fantastic. It's something that I'm hugely into. They talk about bodybuilding. They talk about social problems they talk about uh you know gender problems they talk about every single problem that you can think about they they will they will bring up in such a well-educated balanced manner not necessarily going one way or the other but just but just giving light to opinions and views that you might not have heard of before and these guys are the ones who, who i heard first heard the term checking yourself and checking yourself and becoming 
almost like the watcher in the situation, becoming the the person above you, you and the other person having the conversation and listening to your conversation and saying, how would you react to the what you're saying um, if you were just watching and you didn't have any affiliation? Now, that is very, very difficult to do because obviously it's still yourself doing it. So it's hard to remain impartial and, and, and to be able to remain unbiased is obviously a little bit difficult, but doing it your best um, and checking yourself in certain situations. I often find myself checking myself before I even say anything. And I feel the emotion I feel. For example, let me try to give you an example. If, um, if like, I'm, I'm that guy who gets, like, I've got really low patience for things. Like, if, if you don't know how to do something that I do, I find myself snapping stupidly. And that is ridiculous. Like, I know that's a ridiculous trait. Why, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if I know something, it doesn't mean that you know something. So sometimes when I've already got the answer to said query and then my girlfriend's going through the process of, of getting to the answer of said query i'm already like in my head I, I can feel that temporizing because i'm like why doesn't she know this already and then i'm actually just like wait a second like why am i even doing that she's got none of the de- none of the data that i do there's no way she can get to the answer that i've got and i feel like doing this and, and checking myself in quotation marks has been one of the best things i've ever done because you feel that emotion before you want to say something there's no two ways about it it's like you hear what they say your brain receives a message your brain perceives an emotion your emotion perceives what you say next so if you can just slow down that like connection i know it's fucking milliseconds but if you can slow down that portion of having your emotion to what's happened the situation and then whatever you do next your actions to the emotion if you can slow down that process in between and check yourself in between you can change the outcome and you can alter the outcome and you might not do something that that you probably should not you might not snap you might not presume you know which is a big thing that everyone does everyone's presume presumes that the other person's on the same wavelength which is the, my problem i presume you already know what i'm talking about sometimes people haven't got a scooby what i'm talking about i need to go back and explain it um and yeah like this this idea of checking yourself has been something that i've i've been thinking about and been doing more and and i would urge you to do it um because it can change the outcome of conversation it can change the outcome of relationships and i think i've been so calm in my relationship and so so less snappy and presumptuous and 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 this and that because i've learned that from previous relationships and i've learned that with with you know relationships with my mum, with my friends with my you know ex-girlfriends with my dad and stuff I've learned that just going straight out with what's in your head might not always be the first thing, might not always be the best thing for the conversation. Um, sometimes it can, and sometimes, and maybe most of the time it is. Um, but a lot of the time, what you what comes out, what comes to mind, and what comes out might not be the best for the situation. So checking yourself um, has really kind of helped me see see both sides to the story. And the way I like to check myself the best is to literally. I, like I do this all the time with situations. I will look at every single possible side. So if any of you guys saw my steroid video, I said, oh, like if I want to be the best in the world, like I need to start now. But also if, you know, if I want to be the best in the world, I could spend you know, another year naturally just to build those foundations and, 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 and do this and do that, you know, and, and I'd always find the other side and always balance the other side and always put myself in the situation of someone that might not even be in this situation and just, and just really like think about what I'm saying rather than just saying it. And I think it's very easy to do in this day and age. 
as I'm sure everyone is aware. Um, that's like that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to give you guys an update. I wanted to tell you about kind of my mental state at the moment because I know it was Mental Health Awareness Week last week. Um, something very very close to my heart because I don't even want to comprehend how many how many people really do suffer in silence and 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 have mental health problems, whether it's anxiety, whether it's you know you know eating disorders, sleep disorders, whether it's you know very even more severe um, mental mental health disorders there's always someone suffering in silence and I feel like I was that guy for fucking years and when I was at uni I never said anything and I had really bad anxiety about go- I've said this on the podcast I had really bad anxiety about going to lectures and meeting new people and and to be honest when I think about it even when I was a kid and I went to like trials at, at football and and rugby like I hated it I always had to have my mum there I always said like oh I don't want to go I don't want to go I had like trials for Aston Villa and my mum had to come with me uh, and like come inside with me she's like oh I can just wait I'm like no mum come in come in when I used to go back to school I used to like get real bad fear and want to leave and and I used to run away from school sometimes when I was like really young like year one and reception and stuff I remember chasing my mum down chasing my mum down a few times so actually I did suffer in silence but I think a lot I think a lot of it I didn't know what it was I didn't really know I just thought it was not I don't know I just I just ignored it I didn't really understand I don't even know if I knew what the word anxiety was back then so I think I think it's very important to talk about and I think being vulnerable is the best thing you can do and putting yourself out there to, to people who care people that's a very key point because if, if if you're new to this and new to opening up and you do it to people who don't care that could really fucking break you so do it to the people that love you. Do it to the people, to the people that care for you. Do it to the people that are going to do things unconditionally for you. I think that's important. People might often care for you, but not do things unconditionally for you. And I think when it comes to mental health, it should be unconditional. You know, it doesn't matter. You, you you help. That's that's that. I think that's the way it should be. And being vulnerable, being you know, putting yourself out there for people to judge and people to help and people to comment and people to put their opinions on, like it's a hard, hard thing to do, but. I honestly feel more liberated than ever now that I talk about it on the podcast. Um, now I talk about it, like I go out of my way to talk about it with my girlfriend rather than just be that guy who helps. I mean, sometimes the person who's helping the most has the, has the, has those problems the most, you know, and I feel like I was always a helper and, and wanted to kind of help people through different problems rather than deal with my own. And, and I would full on ignore them and act like they, they weren't there. And I think that's what fucked me up a bit more. Because a mental battle inside your head is going to be the hardest battle you ever fight. Um, it's way easier if you get other people involved and, and you get people to kind of help you clarify things. And sometimes just talking about it and not having anyone reply is the best thing for you. Sometimes I just talk at my girlfriend. Sometimes she just talks at me. You know, you just vent and it helps. It relieves the pressure. It allows someone else to understand where you're at. It grounds you. It, re- it makes you realize that not everyone's special. Not everyone walks on water. You know, everyone goes through something and everyone will go through something, whether they like to admit it or not. You know, whether they've got a billion, whether they've got 20 quid, you know, whether they've got nothing, everyone always goes through something. So I think that's very, very important to, to remember and to think about. I do want to finish this with... Um, a story time and this is one of the maddest times of my life this was the time that I got thrown out of the festival um, because I had some substances on me and the dog caught me but not only that but I was on the strongest trip of mushrooms of my life this is also the first time that I'd ever taken mushrooms this is also the last time I've ever taken mushrooms not to say that I'm not going to take them again 
but my god if any of you guys that know doses on mushrooms you know that like taking over like two grams is is pretty damn strong i had three grams um for my first time i didn't know that was strong um and we were drinking it in the queue there's about 10 of us we'd all made this like mushroom brew we're drinking it in there i'm thinking now i know what fucking psychedelics are i wouldn't want to do it in a festival at least not at least not at least not until i'm like pretty damn pretty damn comfortable in psychedelic situations which probably wouldn't come until you've done it like 20 30 times so i don't really want to do that in a huge social setting now um but my god we're in this queue we've already down the the, the tea the mushroom tea and and tastes absolutely rank um we had to put like mints in it because it's the only thing we had to flavor so we put all of us like mashed up mints and it just tastes like this minty horrible brown muddy tea and it was really hard to put away but it, it, we got it away so we got it away, we're in the queue, we're probably like 15, 20 minutes from getting in, because the queue's pretty big, this is Park Life by the way guys, Park Life in Manchester, so we're already also renting a hostel somewhere and you know, we're out of, out of where we normally are, and those of you guys that know anything about psychedelic setting is everything, so we're in this queue, um, and probably like 15, 20 minutes after everything's all finished. So we've been drinking it for 20 minutes. It's been about 40 minutes since we first ingested. So, you know, you can hope to maybe start feeling some things. And I start to kind of hear the bass in the background from the, from the, um, the, the park, like the festival. And I hear this bass just going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it just sounds like fucking drums. And it sounds like the fucking drums of Mordor. It sounds like we're in the fucking Lord of the Rings and we're headed into Mordor. And I start getting this feeling of like, oh, like it felt like we were going into war. Like that's literally what was going through my head. It felt like we were going into war. These are like the battle drums. These are the, it didn't sound like wobs and fucking wop, 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 you know, like, like sick music. It didn't sound like that. It sounded like fucking war drums. So we're walking slowly closer to these war drums and, and I can just feel that like, oh, I can feel a bit anxious, but it's fine. I've got all my boys around me. Like, I tell one of them, like, I feel like these are the drums of Mordor. I feel like, feel like it's chill. He puts his arm around me. We're fine. You know, everything's setting. You can, you get so easily influenced by other people. He puts his arm around me. I feel great. Uh, we get closer and closer. Um, and then I start, start to dawn on me. Oh, they've got sniffer dogs. Fantastic. All of us carrying something that we probably shouldn't be. Anyway. I'm feeling good at this point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just kind of like, whatever walk, we walk in, they line every single person up. Everyone, they come up in waves. 10 people go up. The sniffer dog goes all the way down, all the way back. The next, they go through the next 10 people come up. The sniffer dog comes all the way up, all the way down. Ah, oh, my feet start chattering. My feet start bouncing up and down, bouncing up and down. You know, when you sat on a chair under a table and you're just bouncing, that's what I'm doing. And my feet stood up and I'm thinking, Oh, here we go. Here we go. So we line up. 10 of us get up. There's probably like six of my friends. It goes to my first friend. Fine. Goes to my second friend. Oh, the dog sat down. Okay. There's something wrong. Sorry, sir. Can you go stand over there? Goes to the next person. Goes to the next person. Fine. Comes past me. Bang. Straight to my pocket. I've got nothing in my pocket, which is a bit weird, actually. It's in my nutsack. But weird straight to my pocket sits down sir can you go over there i'm thinking oh no don't do this to me obviously like i'm coming up this is like an hour into it now maybe an hour and 10 minutes into after taking these mushrooms and i'm thinking oh i oh, don't do this i'm talking to my friend and he's in front of me in the queue and, and i'm like what are you gonna do he's like i might see if i can throw it out so he starts doing something and the woman comes and sees and she's just like what are you doing i can what can he was trying to grab out of his out of his nuts pull it out he goes oh it's just giving you this because you know i had something on me i wanted to give myself up she goes all right okay have you got anything else on you he said no no that's it 
asks him what it is he tells her she says okay fine you can go in now he's like oh fuck thank god and in my head i'm thinking oh but he didn't search her it's gonna be fine she comes up to me have you got anything on you no no i've got nothing on me are you sure you've got nothing on you yeah yeah no i haven't you, you best not be lying because you're about to go in there and get a strip search and i'm like oh no oh no i'm lying i've got something on me so i take it out and she's like what's this and i just got a bit of weed on it she goes what's this green bit like screaming at me i'm like that's weed love like <laughs> calm down and then she's like uh right you've lied to me give me a ticket gives gets my ticket rips it in half rips the fucker in half and i am uh my heart sinks with the rip just everything goes she's like you can leave now so i have to turn around leave all of my nine friends who got through except for me i'm thinking fuck what do i do i'm coming up on these mushrooms i'm about i'm about an hour away from our hostel so i need to try in my head i'm like okay how do i get back i need to go back i need to print off another ticket i need to go in another entrance so i walk and when I walk, it seems like I walked for three hours. It must have been about 40 minutes. And I walked and I walked and I walked and I had really not much idea where I was going. Um, I kind of had a little bit of function off my phone, though it was a struggle. And I'm driving around and I hear the noises of the cars. I hear the wind. It's cold. I'm in shorts. I'm in a t-shirt. I'm also seven days out of the UK BFF British finals as a junior, by the way. Side note cliffhanger forgot to know forgot, forgot to mention that i'm seven days out at this point and i'm just like i hear the noises of the car they sound like fucking horses running past me i just like it was a bad time like it was a real bad time and i'm just like struggling to get around i finally just wave down a taxi and i just say take me here and he ends up driving me like fuck like 10 minutes or something not that far I had to pay him like 30 quid not happy got in walked straight up to my room led down in my bed and that was probably one of the best feelings of my life just warmth put my head on a nice warm pillow i knew i was safe i was sound i'd been out for like two three hours tripping on these mushrooms really really strong oh anyone who's taking mushrooms you know this is just not a good time you're just walking around a place you don't know in a busy like busy fucking roads everywhere i had no which direction when I, which i was in i didn't even know what uber was back then i don't think so i couldn't even get an uber and bloody hell it was it was an ordeal to say the least I, I must have put my head down for about an hour i didn't sleep i just kind of led there warm feeling great and the mushrooms only last like four or five hours so i was kind of on the end of it go back down to reception ask them if they can just print a ticket off for me and then i head back in i do the same route as the morning get back on the train and there's literally no one on there just me sat in my fucking funky shirt and shorts absolute numpty and uh, everyone's looking at me like what are you doing um i finally go up to another entrance they get to the entrance say oh this entrance closed you're gonna have to go around to the left so they funnel you around to the left oh fuck i'm at the same entrance oh fuck that's the woman that pulled me over oh they got the same dog there oh my god what am i gonna do what am i gonna do so at this point i'd already grabbed like the rest of my drugs because i had like i took half one day and i was going to take half the next day so i took the half from the from the second day took them back in the queue with me and i thought i'm gonna get fucking caught again why am i not gonna get caught i didn't change any clothes i thought what an idiot what am i doing i can't throw it out now i'm right in the queue anyway they hulk they halt the queue they halt the queue and, and they're kind of just waiting i think someone's got some dodgy tickets or something which is a bit weird um but they halt the queue for like 
in total, is about it was about forty minutes. But right at the start, when they halted it, and I'm panicking, what to do with my drugs? I think, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Josh, come on, come on, throw it on the floor. Oh, you can't throw it on the floor. They're right there. Take them. What? Take them. That's the thought that comes into my head. So I've got half a gram of MDMA, and I think, fuck it, I'm going to take it. And I just did it all in one. I had three bombs, uh, four bombs maybe. And I did them all in one. And I just thought, fuck it, whatever happens, happens. And I'm on my own at this point. This is about three o'clock in the afternoon. The festival started about 11. My friends have been in there for four hours already. I've been stranded walking around Manchester for four hours. And and we're there. 30 minutes in, oh, you, oh, I feel a bit warm. I feel my spine tingle. I feel that warmth creep up my spine. It feels good. It feels good, but also... It, it has a very underlying tone of it feels good, but you're about to walk in and get fucking caught and thrown out. Then you're going to be at home gurning on your own with having no fun in, in the apartment. So there's an undertone of, of that dampened it a little bit, but nevertheless, we, we held it out. It got to 40 minutes. Oh my God, my jaw's getting tight. 50 minutes. I'm thinking, Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Then they're just going to spot me straight away. And by Christ almighty, they say, okay, everyone can just come in now. You know, we're just going to let you guys in and we're going to cancel. We're going to not let any more people in. So they let everyone in. They don't search them. They don't dog search them. They just let them in, put a band on them and say enjoy. Guys, I don't know if if, you, if anyone's ever tried um, MDMA out here. I don't know if any of you guys have tried mushrooms out here. But if you've ever been on a horrible mushroom trip and then you've taken half a gram of MDMA... And then you get through to a festival after about five hours of trawling it. It's probably the best feeling you're ever going to have in your life, literally, because the anxiety of walking around for four hours, that whole absolute nightmare, which felt like two days was over. I was coming up off like some beautiful, beautiful powder. And my God, that feeling was just mental. I walked in, I opened my arms, I looked up to the sky and I just had the biggest sigh and laugh and girly, giggly laugh of my life. And I just, oh my God. The next the next step was to find my friends. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a big ass festival like Park Life and there's a couple of thousand people there or more, more than that. You don't get very good phone signals. So I'm trying to message them. None of the messages are getting through. I try to ring them. Nothing's working. So I, w- I walk up to the top. There's, I think it's like a big slope. It's like a top of the park and you can kind of see out over it. So I ring my friend and, and it finally gets through and he's like, Josh, Josh, are you all right? What happened? What happened? I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And I'm listening. I can, I can hear some fucking music in the background. I'm like, I reckon I can hear that. Where is that coming from? That's coming from that tent over there. Oh, where are you? He's like, by the Ferris wheel. And I look and there's the Ferris wheel. I look and I see him under the under the first one. He looks at me and I look at him and we put our phones away. We run at each other and we are screaming, jumping, screaming, hugging. Oh my God. It was pure euphoria. Pure ecstasy came over me. It was unreal. It was unreal. That feeling of me and my, me and my friend. That, that whole day was one of the most emotionally draining things of my life. But... By 4pm, me, I met up with all my friends, we all went mad. I don't know if you guys know the lost the lost soul in the session when you reunite, it's the best feeling ever. And that was me, I was the lost soul. And when we reunited, everyone was absolutely flying. We had the best, I had one of the best nights of my life. It was still up there with one of the best nights of my life. And we saw Jamie XX, Jamie Jones, 
and uh, Nicholas Jar back to back to back, one after the other after the other, and, and we did not move, and it was incredible. And wow, like oh, I feel I, f- I feel the emotion from that story already. From that, thinking about back over, back over that, that was mental. That was mental, guys. That's my story time over. I've got I've got a few questions I want to end with, um, and then that, that'll be it for the podcast. So I'm going to go with some competing questions, um, and then maybe one other one. And um, like a lot of these questions are always about steroids. Just ever since I've mentioned the steroids, everyone's like, "What are you going to take? What are you going to do? What are you going to do?" So I'm not going to go with any of those because I've answered those questions hundreds of times, um, and I'll just continue to answer those on the Instagram story. So if you guys don't follow me at Josh Bridgman, I talk about everything daily. So if you if you, if you want to follow me there, you, you can you can you can go right there. Um, but Jordan Breen eighteen says, "How long do you think it will take to achieve your pro card?" Now, realistically speaking, I want to be competing for my pro card next year. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it. It just means I think I'll be competitive to get it. I think I would be in with a shot to possibly win a pro card next year. Um, we're talking by like literally 12 months to the day. I think they just had the last pro card um, competition of the season. So, you know, that would be my last shot of getting one. I honestly believe that. I honestly believe I've got the frame for it. I honestly believe I just need like seven to eight kilos of muscle across my arms, chest, delts, back. And I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty damn good, I think. Um, however, it, does, it just doesn't, you don't know who's going to turn up. You don't know how the judges are going to like it. The judges might not like my physique. I might be deluded and I might not have the physique that I actually think I do. Hopefully not. That's not the case. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can't say when, but I'm going for it next year. Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm training for the win. I'm training to win that next year. That is all that's in my head is I will fucking win that pro card next year. And if I don't, we go again and we reassess, you know, that's, that's it. Um, but realistically speaking, um, I will be competing for my pro card next year. I really like this question. This one's from Joel Clark. If I'm transitioning from powerlifting to bodybuilding, how could I structure my training? So this is a guy who's probably been doing squat, bench, and deadlift for years and years and years and years, if you've been doing it for years, that is. And you want to go to bodybuilding. So honestly, I'd probably take those out initially, those bench, squat, and dead, because just doing something like for like, like if you didn't do a squat and you changed to a normal hack squat, if you didn't do a deadlift, you changed to a Dorian deadlift. If you didn't do bench press, you changed to like a reverse banded bench press. I can guarantee you're going to respond to that like a motherfucker because it's a new stimulus. Um, and that's the key here is you need a new stimulus. You can't be doing the same powerlifting stuff because your body is so accustomed to it. So I would creep up volume. Your volume is probably going to be pretty damn low if you're a powerlifter. Of talking like five to six sets, of working sets a session. Try work that to seven or eight, you know, per body part, um, and just slowly creep that up. You're in the perfect position to grow. You've got the foundations of lifting. You've got the mechanical, um, the mechanical and neurological adaptations to lifting. You know how to lift. You've got proper form. Um, you've got a very strong base. You're in a perfect position to bodybuild. So just adding more isolation in, taking away from those bigger compounds um, or taking away your working volume from those big compounds and changing that working volume to a bit more specific stuff so you can target your quads a little bit better you can target your hamstrings a little bit better you don't need to do them in a squat because the squat could inherently be inefficient because you hit your glutes hams and your and your quads in one in one rep versus doing a reverse banded hack squat where you majority hit your quads and i think getting more specific with your training and more specific with the muscles that you're targeting is pretty much the difference between powerlifting and, and bodybuilding because powerlifting you're trying to get from a to b doesn't matter what muscles you use you're trying to move that weight from a to b um, bodybuilding is how you move that weight from A to B and, and, and what muscles you can target and will target when lifting. So slowly creep up your volume, try some new isolation techniques and move away from those big compounds would be my big advice. 
Final question, guys, is from Chipson. Uh, he says, do you read? If so, what? But I more want the second question, which is, where do you want your online coaching to grow to? So do you read? No, I don't. I don't read at all. Um, if I do, it's like things that are online, you know, like uh, an article or fucking Washington Post or whatever it is. <laughs> the majority of the time, I, I get all of my information from podcasts, YouTube, uh, and then I'll use like WebMD, which is like the... Um, pretty much every study that there is all the evidence and stuff so i'll kind of back up what i'm saying or back up what i'm reading via that and see if there's anything contrasting via that and then in terms of where i want my coaching to be i want to answer this question as well i want to fucking be um in terms of like my business because my business is is essentially me and what i uh, have off of that so i have the coaching um i really want to get a website going and, and do the forum thing i know tm cycles is doing it aj morris is doing it jordan peters is doing it um and i also want to do it um one it monetizes me that's the real real side is that coaching isn't necessarily massively lucrative um, unless you have shit loads of clients um and all that so i'm always trying to build my client base so i can i can bring in more money because more money means more value to my family more value to me more value to you guys i can buy more equipment i can you know i can move on with my life i can get mortgages and all that kind of stuff so i'm trying to do big boy stuff really so i'm trying to become a big boy essentially is what i'm trying to do with my coaching and having an online forums uh, subscription web website you know we're talking like something 4.99 a week it's like a pound a week you know and i would document everything to do with steroids on there every single you know i'll do all my injections i'll show you how i'm injecting i would i'll show you everything that i'm learning along the way i'll show you my progress front side back every week um, and it would be very like it would be like an insight it would basically be like a complete insight into what i'm doing open bars because i'm not allowed to do stuff like that on youtube so don't hate on me for saying oh i'm selling out i'm trying to get money off us guys i literally cannot talk about steroids on 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 youtube um, because if they do find it they'll ban me uh, or they'll strike my account if i get three strikes i'm out so i've actually talked about steroids a few times um, and i'm probably going to continue to do it subliminally <laughs> and not obviously so i'm not going to put like my first steroid cycle i'm not going to put like i'm taking testosterone you know i'm just gonna say that in the video because actually i think i think youtube like they just obviously see the titles they see the pictures um, and, I, and I guess how they like that's how they filter the ones who they want to who they want to like flag up and then someone else will go into them so if I've got a title saying steroids they'll go in there and they'll flag that up in the system and then I assume someone combs through it to see what I say and if it's just like these like my opinion on steroids I don't think that's going to get flagged because I'm just talking about it but if I'm talking about I'm injecting this I'm injecting that I think that's when they get a little bit funny about it and if you're giving information to other people as to how to inject I think that's when they get a bit funny just because YouTube have the the drug laws and because uh, steroids are a controlled substances, controlled substance in most countries, not all. Um, like in England, it's actually legal to take, so I can talk about it absolutely fine on a forum. Um, so they have some a little bit of a drug policy on there. So that's why I wanted to move over to my website. Um, I've already got a website, jbfbrigade.com. Um, everything's being updated as we speak. I'm going to get a Vimeo on the go. And I'm going to upload regular videos and I'm going to fucking do it because I need to monetize myself. I need to become a big boy. I need to be able to afford to move out if I ever need to. Um, I need to be able to buy cars if I ever need to. I need to be able to do things and be a big boy. So that's essentially what I'm going to be doing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. It was definitely a rant. This was definitely a spur of the moment. This could be like 45 minutes right now. I don't know. Um, but I appreciate you guys for getting this far if you did. Um, as always, guys, peace and love. I'll see you guys soon.